0: We're turning tonight to Daniel chapter 3, and I'm breaking into the chapter. We're going to commence reading at verse 19, and we'll read through to the end. Last week, we read the first 18 verses. The words will come up on the screen, but we would encourage you to get your own Bible and to read from that and follow the words as they are there on the sacred page. We do thank the Lord for his book. We thank you for the word of God. Let's hear that word read as it's found in Daniel chapter 3 tonight. Verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their outer garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not be cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men, loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither, Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their heads singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amidst against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there's no other god that can deliver after this sword. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. We know that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own infallible and inerrant word. Now my text this evening is taken from Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25. It reads as follows: He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, my theme tonight, as we continue our series of expository sermons in the book of Daniel, is based in this text. And the theme is entitled, The Fourth Man in the Furnace. So I've given you the text. Daniel 3 and 25 and here's the theme for tonight the fourth man in the furnace now according to Daniel 3 Nebuchadnezzar made a great image of gold 90 feet high 9 feet wide and it was set up in the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon then upon the building of the image, he gathered together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the councillors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to the dedication service of this great image. The assembled crowd of dignitaries were informed at what time that they heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that they were to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now remember, this was a do or die situation. This was a bend or burn scenario. I want you to think of this whole company of people. Once the sixth instruments were sounded, the royal command was given to fall down and worship the image. What do we read in chapter 3, verse 7? We read this. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations and the languages, fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. However, Out of that vast crowd of people, three young men refused to bow the knee and worship the image. When everyone else bowed down, their face to the ground, they remained standing on their feet. They stood out, thousands on their faces, three young Hebrew men on their feet. We know their names. You're familiar with the story. They were called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's their Babylonian names. They were reported then to Nebuchadnezzar. He sent for them. He examined them. Of course, he was furious. He was in a rage. But he thought, well, maybe they didn't hear. Maybe they didn't understand. Um, Maybe they don't like me for some reason. So we examined them, and we read that examination process. um, Daniel chapter 3 Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye ye do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? He then did a strange thing for this totalitarian monarch. He gave them a second chance. He gave them a second opportunity. He said to them in verse 15, Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, sultry and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now here's their answer, because the Bible records their answer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image." which thou hast set up. Well, if Nebuchadnezzar was furious before, he's even more furious now. The Bible says his countenance changed towards these young men. He commanded the furnace to be heated up seven times more than it was used to be. He ordered his soldiers to bind the three young men with all their clothes on. We can read about that and. Chapter 3, verse 21, Then these three men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their outer garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. The Bible tells us that the furnace was so hot that it burnt to death the soldiers who carried the three men to the entrance of the fire. And these three men fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. It was obvious for a time that King Nebuchadnezzar was watching and waiting to see what was happening. No doubt waiting for the three men to be burnt to death. Now the Bible tells us what he actually saw. And what he saw left him astonished. So much so that he rose up in haste and he said to those uh, that were with him, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. Well, look with me at verse 25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men, Loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, immediately, of course, Nebuchadnezzar went to the entrance of the furnace He called the three young men to come forth and come hither. When they did so, they saw that they were not burned, not even their clothes were singed, there wasn't even the smell of smoke upon them. And Nebuchadnezzar began then to praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And then he made a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there's no other God that can deliver after this sword. Now this is a true story. Young people, listen to me tonight. This is not a myth. It's not a fairy story. It's not like Cinderella. It's not like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, which is a a favorite um, story of mine. Of course, not true. It's not about Hansel and Gretel. No, this is a real, true, supernatural Bible story. It's a story that is extraordinary in character. And I believe, of course, young people, that the best stories are found in the Word of God. So, I want you to understand tonight, this is a real story. And it's set in a real place, the province of Babylon, in the plain of Jura. Remember, we talked about that last night, where Antichrist was foreshadowed. And this happened in real time. Never had he preached a sermon on Daniel 3 before, a separate sermon. Last week, we looked at these men taking a faithful stand against an idolatrous statue. These were. God's men, remember, who believed in and stood for God's message, who said no to idolatry, and they were willing and prepared to suffer death rather than submit to sin and deny God and his word. And I was thinking from last week, Lord, how best can I apply the message? I've preached in this before. How could I bring it a new lesson, Lord? And you know, my mind and my I was drawn to Nebuchadnezzar's testimony about the fourth man in the furnace. Listen again to what Nebuchadnezzar said. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now are three things I want to share with you tonight. First of all, I want you to think of the person identified. Who is the fourth man in the furnace? Lo, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Here's an amazing, wonderful testimony from the lips of a heathen, proud-hearted king. He testified that he's seen four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like what? The Son of God. And he's astonished. I want to tell you tonight, I totally reject the NIV rendering of this text of Scripture. The NIV says, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods, with a small s, and a small g. But that's not, of course, what the Hebrew text says, and that's not what Daniel 3, 25 says. I want to tell you tonight, I thank God for our authorized version. I thank God for a faithful and reliable translation, a faithful and reliable translators who believed in divine inspiration, who believed in divine inerrancy, who believed in divine preservation, You see, what we have tonight is a God-breathed book. And what we have before us in this text is a God-breathed word. And the Spirit of God was at work in the heart and mind of the heathen king. And what he said, he saw. And what he saw, he said. Who is the Son of God? He's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think of the title here, the Son of God. Not a son of the gods. The Lord Jesus Christ has nothing at all to do with a a heathen false god or a heathen false religion. The Lord Jesus Christ is eternally the only begotten son of the living and the true God. But he's not only called here the son of God, but we're, we're, we're told, I see four men loose. There's a reference to the fourth man. And the Lord Jesus is not only Son of God, but he's also, remember, um, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. The Lord Jesus is a true man of flesh and blood. And and I believe this is a reference to a pre-incarnate view of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy 3.16, we read, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Young people, I told you before, I repeat it often. He's not just a good man, Jesus Christ. He's not just a gracious man. He's not just a great man who went about doing good and miracles. He's the God man. Our catechism asks the question in Shorter Catechism 21, Who is the Redeemer of God's elect? And here's the answer. The only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ who being the eternal Son of God became man, and so was and continues to be God and man in two distinct natures, and one person forever. We could ask the question tonight, how did Christ become, being the Son of God, become man? Here's the answer. Christ, the Son of God, became man by taking to himself a true body and a reasonable soul, being conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and born of her, yet without sin. And you see, the Lord Jesus has a true, real, essential deity, and he also has a real, true flesh and blood manhood. He's a wonderful man. Sometimes we sing about the wonderful man of Calvary, and the modern versions, again, all of them included, rob Christ here of his essential deity. And they deny that he is the one who's the fourth man in the furnace. He's not a son of the gods. He is the son of God himself. He's eternally the only begotten son of the living God. And I want to ask tonight, do you know him? Is he your Lord and Redeemer? Can you say with Thomas of Christ, my Lord and my God? Can you say with David, the Lord is my shepherd? Are you tonight in a real, vital, saving relationship with him? Remember what we read in John's Gospel. But as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born again of the Spirit. Have you received him? Is this true of you? Have you bowed the knee to him as king of kings? Have you said, Lord, make me one of your subjects? Lord, adopt me into your family? Because that's the person identified in the text. That's the fourth man in the furnace. But I want you to see something else. I want you to see the promise fulfilled here. I want you to think of these three young men being cast into the fire. Remember, they're faithful men of God and they're standing for God's truth and righteousness. They, they have refused to bow the knee, as we saw last week, to idolatry. And as a result of that stand, they've been thrown into the furnace and it's a real fiery furnace. There's a number of references in the passage to a burning fiery furnace. Turn over there in your Bible to the the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 43, we read these words. Here's the promise fulfilled. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And in this hour and in that day when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were walking in the midst of the burning fiery furnace, this promise was fulfilled in their life. Isn't it so true tonight that God's people often have to go through the furnace of affliction and opposition and persecution? And maybe you're in one of those furnaces right now. You know, I, I think this evening of our doctors and nurses on the front line of this killer virus, this COVID-19 virus that's taking the lives of thousands throughout the United Kingdom. I think of those who are working in the wards, those in the theater, those who have to wear this personal protection e- e- equipment. And I've no doubt that it's hot. I've no doubt that it's difficult to walk in. I've no doubt that it's difficult to, to work in. So, so you understand the heat of a furnace. And you know, many a Christian has been persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ and held up to ridicule and mockery. Hadn't that be true down the years? Many of God's people have suffered for their faithfulness to the blood and the book, even to the point of martyrdom, even to the point where they've been thrown to the fire. You think of the first martyr, Abel. He was murdered by Cain, his brother, because of his testimony to the revelation of the blood sacrifice on which to approach God. You think of the m- murder and martyrdom of John the Baptist. Wasn't he faithful unto death? Remember in Herod's birthday? You can read it there in Matthew chapter 14. He was the grandson of Herod the Great. And and, and he has his, his brother Philip's wife called Herodias. And they're, they're having a, a, an adulterous relationship. And Herodias' daughter came on Herod's birthday and danced before Herod. And he he promised to give her anything she wanted. And and what did she ask for? She asked for the head of John the Baptist. And it was John the Baptist who faithfully stood before Herod, the Tetrarch, and said, it's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And he was hated for it, and he lost his head for it. You think of the days of Nero, when Nero used Christians as torches to light his garden. Think of those that he threw to the wild beast and the gladiators in the Colosseum. What about those that were put to the fire at Smithfield and other places throughout England? They're known as the Protestant martyrs. There was 10 of down at Lewis. I can remember visiting the spot during the reign of Bloody Mary. I think about the martyrdom of young Patrick Hamilton. Remember he went to study in university in Paris, and he came into contact with Luther's writings, and he got saved, he came home and started to preach, and then he was persecuted, and then eventually he was put to death. And, and, and many more Roman Catholics, of course, came to faith in Christ as a result of those uh, persecuting times. And aren't there many still suffering today for the cause of Christ and the gospel? Many are imprisoned, Many are suffering martyrdom. We don't hear it on the BBC. The BBC ignore what's happening within the, the Christian community. It's a form of, of censorship. I, I believe it's wrong. But they don't tell us about these things. They'd rather give us spin and, and other articles. And I was thinking, isn't there a, a lesson here for God's people? Whenever you're facing extreme fiery trials and affliction, even to the point of persecution and opposition, remember God's promise. When thou passest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I want to tell you you're not out of the will of God. Even though it's hard and difficult in the stream, and even though you may be scared, listen to this promise. He waits for you in the furnace because he's in the furnace already. There was only three young men put into the furnace, but when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he could see four. The fourth was already in there. Only three come out. The four was still in there. The fourth was not thrown into it. He did not come out of it. And logically, he's still in the furnace. And when you're in the furnace of affliction and persecution, Whatever trial, fiery trial that you're going through, remember he's there before you. The Bible says he it is that doth goeth before you. It's not a wonderful promise. You see, it's being fulfilled here. The Lord Jesus is in the furnace already and he's waiting for his people to join him and he promises to be there with them. Men don't always keep their promise. The best of men or men at best. At times you can't always keep your promise because circumstances change. But the Lord Jesus is not like that. He's a perfect gentleman. His word is his bond. He he literally waits for you in the furnace so you can be with him. So he can be with you. Remember he said in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he waits for you in the furnace. He walks with you in the furnace. Isn't what Nebuchadnezzar said? I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. These four men were not bound. They were not tied up. They were not fettered. They were loose. They're walking free. When they were thrown in and they hit the floor of the furnace, they were thrown in tied and bound. But I believe immediately their bounds were loosed or they were burnt away. Do many not feel bound and feel like a prisoner even in their own homes because of this time of lockdown? You long for fresh air. You long to be out and about and have freedom to meet your family and friends again. But remember, even in that situation, he's walking with us. Spiritually, you might be very low today. Physically, you might not be in the best shape. Mentally you might be struggling You're maybe in the valley experience You're maybe in the mountaintop experience But remember he is with us He said lo I am with you always And even in the hottest fiery furnace He not only waits for us but he's with us there And that's one of life's greatest blessings He's with us on the onward journey of life He tells his people fear not for I am with you Do you know he watches over you? He'd not let anything hurt you. You'll be protected by the power of his presence. This fire had no power in these three men. Their coats were not even burned. There wasn't a smell of smoke upon them. Their bodies were not herned. Their hair was not singed. You think of the bodies of people being protected. You think of those that we have prayed for who have been near death's door. That pastor from the, from the ark, and God raised him up from the brink of death and COVID 19, and people thought there was no hope, and prayer was offered. The fourth man brought him back from the brink of death, brought him back to health and strength. Didn't they do that for Brother Derek? Can, can they do that for, for Catherine Harvey tonight? Uh, th- think of this reference to the hair. The Bible tells us that our hairs are numbered. He counts them. The very hairs of our head are precious in his sight. What about the clothing here? It mentions the clothing in verse 27. Neither were their clothes changed nor the smell of fire had passed in them. I want you to think of our spiritual clothes tonight. Over there in the book of Isaiah, in in Isaiah uh, chapter um, 61 in the verse 10, we uh, read these words. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God for he clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Doesn't he give to us the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness? Isn't our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Don't we have on us the girdle of truth? You see, there's no damage to those that are robed in the garments of salvation for those garments can never be destroyed. Oh yes, in the furnace. But he's with us there. He walks with us there. He waits for us there. He watches us there. He's with us every step of the way. It was old John Wesley that said, the best of all, the Lord is with us. Child of God tonight He'll not keep you from the furnace He'll not keep you from the fire That's not promised in the New Testament When thou walkest through the fire Thou shall not be burned He does promise to be Wait for us there He does promise to be with us He does promise to watch over us Isn't that the sweetest and the blessed fellowship That you can have for your soul When you're in the furnace of the fire That that he comes and he's with you and he's watching for you. And he's waiting for you. And he walks beside you. Do you know there's many blessings that we can only experience when we're in the furnace of affliction. The person identified the Son of God. The promise fulfilled. He, he waits for us in the furnace. He, he is, walks beside us in the furnace. He watches over us in the furnace. But think as we close of the practical instruction. Nebuchadnezzar said, Lo, I see. What do we see in this text? Is there not a message to the saint here? There's many blessings of fellowship spiritually we can only experience in the fire. In Isaiah 43, we read those lovely words, Fear not, for I am with thee. See, we don't have to be overcome with fear and dread and worry even in the furnace of affliction, even in the fiery trials. Why? Because we're not alone. We're never on our own. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you have to believe that he's there in the furnace before you, that that he's with you, that, that he's watching over you, that he's walking beside you and he's holding your hand. You see, these saints didn't suffer pain. He gave them the strength and the ability to cope and endure. They didn't suffer long either. There was a short stay in the fiery furnace because they were called out of it in the province of God. And the saints of God will hear a call to come forth and come hither. And I can apply that tonight. The Lord's presence is with us. The Lord's power is undertaking for us. We've got the Lord's provision meeting our need. The Lord has a plan. What he brings is into us but light affliction. And the Lord can give us peace. He can sustain and keep us in that situation. Remember what we read in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews 11, verse 34, quenched the violence of fire. It doesn't mention the three Hebrew children. These were young men, maybe in their 20s. And what did they do? They quenched the violence of fire. How? Because of the presence and the power. And the provision of the fourth man in the furnace. There's a message. Do you see that tonight? Lo, I say, do you see the fourth man in the furnace with you? Could I tell you tonight, there's a message to the sinner. Do you know, I I think tonight when I read of this burning, fiery furnace, it's mentioned there a number of times in the text. I, I have to think tonight of the fire of hell. I think of the rich man in Luke 16. We we read, and the rich man died and was buried and in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torment. I I, I think of being thrown into hell. I, I think of being thrown into the lake of fire, body and soul. Remember the Lord Jesus said, Fear not them which can kill the body, but rather fear him that has power to throw both body and soul into hell. And, and the references to Gehenna, the lake of fire. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And remember, there's no escape. There's no exits. There, there, there's, there, there's no um, getting out of that. This is an eternal fire. And there'll be no one with you. And you'll be on alone. There's a story told of John Wesley. The vicarage went in fire when he was a child and... He was upstairs in an upstairs bedroom, and he was at the window. And somehow they managed to get a ladder, and they managed to get him rescued. And uh, somebody painted that scene of the vicarage in fire and John Wesley at the window. And they, they put below the painting these words: "Plucked as a brand from the burning." That's a text of Scripture. A brand from the burning. It's also a lovely gospel hymn. And that illustration was used up and down the country by uh, John Wesley's father and John Wesley himself and even Charles to, to, to say to sinners, there's a heaven to gain, but there's a hell to shun. Prepare to meet thy God. Repent of your sin and get right with God. And I say that to you tonight. If you're unsaved, if you don't know Christ as Lord and Redeemer, then that's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the fire of hell. This, this fiery furnace was a real place. And hell is a real place. And I want you to escape that. I don't want you to be lost in hell forever. People don't like talking about hell today. But, but the Lord Jesus did. For every time he mentioned heaven, he mentioned Hell, 13 times. You can read that in the New Testament. There's a message to the sinner here. You can be a brand plucked from the burning. But you have to do it in time because now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Could I close tonight? I want you to think of Nebuchadnezzar's call to these young men come hither, come forth. In other words, come out of the fire, come out of the furnace. And isn't there a message here to the soul winner? I think of these words in Jude and of some having compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. See, the epistle of Jude was how to live for the Lord in an age and a day of apostasy. And one of the the charges was given to those that were involved in the work of soul winning. They have a responsibility to go after lost souls. And we're told in relation to lost souls, have compassion. And we need to have compassion for lost souls. We need to see them as sheep without a shepherd. Family circle and beyond. And and we're told not only of some have compassion and others save with fear. Be, Be fearful for them. Be fearful that they would die in their sins and drop into hell for all eternity. The fire of hell is real. And we've lost not only a vision of God and the fear of God, but we've lost sight of the awful reality of hell. Remember, we're dealing with souls, pulling them out of the fire. Now, now we can't do that in our own strength or power, but we can warn them. We can tell them there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. Can you do that tonight? You see, here's the practical instruction. Lo, I see. what do I learn? There's a message for the saint. There's a message for the sinner. But there's a message for the soul winner. Oh, I long to be a winner of souls. The Bible says he that winneth souls is wise. Lord, give us compassion. Lord, help us to see the awfulness of hell fire. Help us to live and make, Lord, our lives like like signposts to Christ in our family and beyond. I commend to you this message. The fourth man in the furnace. We've seen his identity, the Son of God. We've heard his promise that he waits for us. He walks with us. He watches over us. here's this practical instruction what do you see in this tonight what do you hear could you call like Nebuchadnezzar to young men and children to come forth and come hither to come out of the fire that they might be saved I pray tonight the Lord will bless his word to your heart